2: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. An MVP
3: can't buy you a ring. After getting embarrassed, the Bucks are back. Plus, can the Clippers follow in the Bucks' footsteps? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: The good news for Nikola Jokic is his MVP trophy will be clean because the Phoenix Suns brought the brooms for game four in a 125-118 win. Joining me now from Lockdown Nuggets, Matt Moore and Matt. What was Nikola Jokic supposed to do in this series undermanned? and it was we saw the frustration come out at the end of the game was this a, was this a situation where coming in it was just fate complete or or was there a path to victory for the nuggets in this series
4: that they just never found i don't think there was a path to victory for the series i think that you can look at it and say the suns were definably definitively unquestionably better but i also think you can definitively say that the nuggets didn't play well they just didn't – their their, back, their weak side defense wasn't good. They didn't shoot the ball well. Nicola Jokic didn't shoot the well, ball well from three, which was important for dragging eight now. out. Their guards didn't put any pressure on the rim. Michael Porter Jr., all of these things the Suns had a hand in. But in general, the Nuggets didn't play well. But even if the Nuggets had done all those things and even if the Nuggets had played so much better to their capacity, it wasn't going to be enough against a Suns team that is locked in is so versatile that doesn't have any real weaknesses on either side of the floor and plays right now like a team that knows it can win the championship.
3: I have to ask you this question because I know it is going to be a topic of conversation. We've seen it with Giannis and Tedekumba the last couple of years. Before that, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. How much do you think this loss is going to be, you know, sort of metaphorically hung around the neck of Jokic as a Hey, look, see, this was, you know,
4: whatever. These things are never used in retrospect to change. Like no one changes their mind. That's what I think is always funny about it. Nobody's like, well, I thought that Jokic was the MVP, but now that he got swept in a second round series without three of his guards. nope, that was the wrong decision. No, it's all people that said they didn't want to admit before because it was a nice contrarian position to have because nobody likes agreeing with everybody else. And then when this happens, they're able to say, see, this performance in a playoff series against the the second-best team in the West in which they were underdogs clearly proves that he didn't deserve a regular season award that has absolutely nothing to do with the series. Like, all I'm asking for here is that we try and have some sort of consideration of just logical thought, Peter. I just want logical constructs that actually can hold up under any scrutiny whatsoever it's not going to change that Jokic is the MVP. The MVP doesn't def- mean that he's the best player in the league, and it certainly doesn't mean that he can drag his team one on five past the Phoenix Suns. I don't think anyone can.
3: Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, it looked like they had no chance, and then the Bucks even their series, With the series now tied at two games apiece, the Brooklyn Nets find themselves in a difficult position without James Harden and possibly without Kyrie Irving for at least Game 5. Kyrie was unable to return to Sunday's contest with a sprained right ankle. After Irving made a layup midway through the second quarter, he landed on Bucks superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo's foot. Irving's right foot bent significantly and he immediately appeared to be in considerable pain, staying down for several minutes and telling trainers he wanted to wait to get up. Nets coach Steve Nash said after the game that x-rays on Irving's ankle were negative. So far, no word on his status for the rest of this series. The New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning kicked off their Stanley Cup semifinal series on Sunday.
0: Gil Martin of Lofton Islanders here. Islanders get a 1-0 series lead with a 2-1 win over the Lightning in Tampa Bay in Game 1 great defensive team effort by the New York Islanders. They did all the little things you need to do in order to prevent an explosive offense like the Tampa Bay Lightning from scoring a lot of goals. They sacrificed their body, took hits, made poke checks, back checked, and played sound positional hockey. Throughout the game, the Islanders' defenders were in between the Tampa Bay offensive players and the Islanders' goal, and that's exactly what you need to do in order to win hockey games.
3: Novak Djokovic dropped the first two sets of the French Open final against Stefanos Tsitsipas. The top-seeded Djokovic came all the way back to beat the five-seed for his second overall championship at Roland Garros and 19th. Grand Slam title in his career. He said, quote, I'm very proud, very happy. I don't want to stop there. As things stand, Djokovic is one major trophy away from tying the men's record of 20, shared by Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer, and will get his first chance to pull even with his rivals at Wimbledon, which starts in just two weeks. The Dodgers sit one game back from the Giants in the NL West, but this could be the time they make their move. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff with Locked On Dodgers. So the Dodgers win the series with the Rangers. Went into the ninth inning with a chance for a shutout. Would have been their eighth shutout of the year and their 16th shutout since the last time they themselves went scoreless. But instead it was an exciting game as the Rangers got their first six hitters on in the ninth inning. Kenley Jansen had to come in for the save, uh, ended up getting three straight outs with the tying run at second base. And the Dodgers win two out of three for the Rangers. They're now a game out of second game out of first place and the Giants who lost on Sunday. So uh, the Phillies come to town who have been winning a bunch of walk-offs lately, but, but overall a struggling team. So I have a good chance with the Phillies and D-backs coming up on the schedule to finally make their move into first place. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for this weekend on BetOnline.ag. The Philadelphia 76ers have a 2-1 series lead over the Atlanta Hawks. Game four tonight in Atlanta. The BetOnline.ag line for this game is Philly giving three. The Utah Jazz have their own 2-1 series lead over the LA Clippers, but they aren't the favorites. BetOnline.ag has them four-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Clippers tonight in L.A. For all your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB, or golf odds, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 50% bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
2: Is another story
3: you need to know. After embarrassing themselves in game two against the Brooklyn Nets and losing by approximately a thousand points, the Milwaukee Bucks have now won two straight, including their Game Four win in Milwaukee, 107-96. Joining me now from Locked On Bucks, Kane Pittman, and Kane. Uh, this was a series that has looked much different in Milwaukee than it did in Brooklyn. We'll get to the Kyrie Irving injury in a
1: second. But what has Milwaukee done to get itself back in this series? Well, I think the big thing that they've done, particularly defensively, is they've been able to find a way to make life difficult for Kevin Durant. Now, I think there's a couple of factors at play here. First of all, P.J. Tucker deserves a, a hell of a lot of credit for the way that he's defended Kevin Durant and frustrated him and being physical. But also the players have been able to play physical, and I think that that's been a big factor. If you look in Game 3, Brooklyn, 83 points a season low. Tonight in Game 4, they only score 96. So we've still seen the same struggles with the Bucks offensively. They still haven't been able to totally figure it out, but defensively, they've given themselves a chance. It would be easy to say, well, if the Bucks just hit their shots
3: at a regular clip, they would be you know, right back in this series. And they did that in the first half. And yet they still were not able to manage much with Kyrie Irving in the game. Kyrie Irving goes out. Steve Nash saying after the game, uh, X-rays were negative, which, which seems like uh, that's good news in terms of no break. But if Kyrie Irving is now not in this series, that changes everything for Milwaukee and makes this game for win all the more important.
1: Well, it just shows the importance of extending the series, and that's why such a grinded-out game in Game 3 became so critical when this injury occurred – if the Bucs came into tonight 3-0 down and that injury happens, you still think. I mean, we've never seen this. Of course, anything can happen. But now with the series tied, the Bucs, at worst case, give themselves a chance to force a Game 7 on their home floor in Game 6. So it's huge. And honestly, if you look at this, when when Brooklyn lost James Harden, you looked at this series and said, OK, you've still got Kevin Durant, you've still got Kyrie Irving. This is going to be an extremely difficult series if Irving is not able to play in game five, potentially game six, we'll see. If Harden still isn't available, this becomes an absolute must win for Milwaukee. This is not an opportunity that you can waste if you're the Bucks.
3: And lastly, Drew Holiday asserted himself offensively in this game in a way that we hadn't seen, or at least with better efficiency than we'd seen. The ball moved a little bit better. What adjustments did you see offensively for Milwaukee, even though, as you said, they're still not where we saw them in the regular season with that kind of efficiency?
1: Yeah, I thought the ball movement was a key point you made just there because you look at the nine assists for Drew Holiday. That's a much better number. It's been far lower than that. And Chris Milton, eight assists as well. So I just thought the ball was popping around a little bit more. They were trying to push it in transition. I think that part of that came from getting deflections, getting steals, getting turnovers that allowed them to spark the the transition offense there. But Drew Holiday still only 14 points and struggled to shoot. Six for 16 from the field, two for seven from three. He's been doing a, a really big job, and important job defending Kyrie Irving. I thought we saw him get a little bit more aggressive once Kyrie Irving went down, which is probably to be expected. Certainly his best game of the series. It still feels like there's a fair bit of room for improvement on the offensive end.
3: Coming up, can the Clippers follow in the Bucks' footsteps? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They sent us this new flavor grasshopper oh my goodness whenever they do the marshmallow center you've got to jump on it it these are unbelievable I, i've never tasted anything like it in a protein bar they are fantastic and somehow despite the fact that all their bars are covered in 100 chocolate they are high protein high fiber low sugar and low protein calorie go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com
2: if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day.
3: After getting 65 combined points from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in Game 3 against the Utah Jazz, the L.A. Clippers look to do what the Milwaukee Bucks did and go down 2-0 and then tie the series at two games apiece. Joining me now from Lockdown Clippers, Charles Mockler and Charles what does Kawhi and Paul George combined need to give this Clippers team for them to do that? Is it a similar kind of performance?
0: It absolutely is a similar kind of performance. The Clippers are going to go as far as Paul George and Kawhi take them. And one of the beautiful things in Game 3 is that Paul George and Kawhi were the only Clippers to take double-digit field goal attempts. I have personally no problem with that. If <laughs> that continues, uh, Paul George taking 24 attempts is great. 10 threes is easy. Even is really the most important part um, for Paul George to get going. And they need to give us what they gave us in Game 3, which feels a little selfish as a fan to say, to come back and do it again 48 hours later. But they are 2-1-3. They are the benchmark for how far the Clippers will go.
3: Defensively, you have someone like Donovan Mitchell who can go off at any time. But, but the Jazz have a varied attack where they can get a number of guys involved offensively. What, are th- what does L.A. need to get defensively from those two guys? Because Kawhi, at one point in his career, was the best defensive player in basketball. Paul George, at one point in his career, was considered one of the best wing defenders in basketball. The guy tailor-made to defend someone like LeBron James. And yet, we haven't seen that kind of defensive impact, really, in this playoffs from those two guys.
0: So the weird thing with the Clippers' defense is that's kind of been the issue all season has been time. Um, you know, Ty Lu's tinkering with the lineups even more in the playoffs. We think he has a rotation figured out, which should settle things down. But funnily enough, I think what the Clippers need more from Koyan Paul George is less help defense. I think they need to not, you know, stay home on your shooters. Utah is going to shoot threes kind of no matter what um, they put up 50 in game one, which is kind of mind blowing when you really step back yeah. and look at it. Um, so the shots are going to be there, but, don't turn Donovan Mitchell into Luka Doncic in terms of his passing. Don't let him get these, you know, passes to guys with open looks. We saw Joe Ingles have a couple kind of uh, inexcusable open looks um, from deep in game three that kind of got tightened up as that went on, but it's staying home on guys and it's fighting through screens. I think I speak for a lot of Clippers fans when I say we want to see Kawhi and Donovan Mitchell um, just straight up. Patrick Beverly also came in and did some help with that, but, Paul George and Kawhi just understanding what they can do defensively and sticking on the top guys is going to be huge.
3: I wonder if the best way that the Clippers can defend Donovan Mitchell is for Kawhi and Paul George to just score 30.
0: Absolutely. We saw Kawhi be a lot more deliberate with getting to his spots in game three. There's a thing we talk about on Locked On Clippers called Kawhi speed, where Kawhi's is not usually <laughs> the fastest guy out there. That's not what his game is predicated on at all, but... When you see Kawhi get to Kawhi's speed, everyone just moves around him, basically. He is the center of everybody's, you know, kind of universe and they're orbiting around him. And that looked great in game three. And Paul George just letting it fly. Like indecisiveness is we all know Paul George can shoot. Um, we all know that he's a very capable finisher at the rim. He can do he can score at all three levels, but part of it is just getting through whatever that mental break is of. Paul, it's fine if you shoot. We want you to shoot.
3: (laughs) And finally, 22-year-old South African Garrick Higo got a call from fellow countryman Gary Player prior to the final round of the Palmetto Championship on Sunday. Higo was six shots back to start the day, and Player gave him some advice. He told me he'd done it before, won quite a few times from six behind, seven behind, just try and do your thing and stay up there. You don't know what can happen? Well, what happened? Higo closed with a three under 68 to win. And he becomes the first South African winner age 22 or younger to win a PGA Tour event since guess who? Gary Player in 1958. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts coming up on Tuesday. Will the Jazz Series lead slip away? We'll have that and a lot more. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.